Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. As you know, if you listened to the last episode, this month is all about systems. So in today's episode, we are sharing three must-have systems for students to help your classroom run efficiently. But first, we're going to listen to a TSH from Courtney. Courtney says, absent work. (laughs) exclamation point. Um, As a first year sixth grade social studies teacher and just teacher, I really struggled with keeping up with my with work, with the work my students missed when absent. Words are hard this morning, guys. (laughs) I created an absent bin, but remembering to put the work in there was the problem. I would forget to put the student's name on it most of the time. And if I remembered, I would misplace it and have it have to reprint it anyways, only to find out that the Hmm. original copy later and still forget to put it in the absent bin. Any suggestions? Tia. Okay. Hold on. Did you read that as Tia? I said Tia, didn't I? That's not, that's not a thing, isn't it? It's it's not. Do you know what that TIA stands for? I feel old right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a moment where I was like, wait, she read. I'm like, why did I read that Tia? Do you know what it stands for? No, I don't, Michelle. Okay. I'm just making sure because I don't want to explain it. If you're like, no, I know. I just had a brain fart. Talk. Wait, let me guess. Okay. (laughs) This is my favorite moment. (laughs) Shut up. I can't help it that I'm old. It stands for thanks in advance. Oh, son of a nutcracker. (laughs) I wanted to say something else, but you guys can. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have tears in my eyes. That was fantastic. I can't even. Oh, bless. There you go, guys. Everybody had the moment. Let's just move on. Okay. (laughs) Collect yourselves as you're laughing. (laughs) Oh, okay. Absent work. Glorious. Um, So Courtney, here's what came to mind for me. I'm just going to share how I managed absent work. I'm not saying it's a perfect system. There are definitely most likely better suggestions out there. It's just what I did. And it's what I could keep up with most consistently. When I would pass out papers or have a student pass out papers for me, I would have them put it on every student's desk, even if the student wasn't there. My students knew that if a student near them was absent, it was their responsibility to write that student's name on the paper that went on their desk and then to put it in a bin on my desk. Now, I didn't have a separate absent work bin. Rather, I had like an unfinished work bin, which would have absent work. It would have assignments that students hadn't completed in class, which I didn't make them complete every assignment. But if it was something graded, oftentimes I would hold on to it to make sure it didn't get lost and it would go in that bin. Also, I had students who would request redos, and this was like a grading policy we had within our county. And if they wanted to redo an, an assignment, I would put the new copy in there with their name on it. So this unfinished work bin just had a collection of papers that needed to get done. And because of that, I was constantly checking it and giving those papers to students to do. I wouldn't forget about it because it's like, hey, my gray book is going to look like a piece of Swiss cheese if I don't get through this bin. That being said, when students were absent, certain activities or assignments, if it wasn't graded, sometimes I would just let it go. You know what I mean? Rather than having them complete it, I might quickly pull them in a small group to go over it or 
do a different activity to like catch them up. But obviously, if there were graded assignments, I made sure that they made it in there. But essentially, the students would take care of it. They would write their name on it. They would put it in the bin. And then I just had to pull them at some point to get that assignment done. And I would work that into like first thing in the morning. If I saw them, I'd be like, hey, come here. Let's come work on this. Or if I did ketchup and pickles where students were getting caught up on missing work, I would work with them then. But Bridget, I'm curious, how did you manage absent work? Um, I didn't really do much with with um, makeup work because all my stuff was online. Mm. And so what I ended, I we utilize Schoology, um, which is very popular over here in the area that I live in. So it seems like a lot of the school districts utilize Schoology. And so with Schoology, I really focused on using the calendar feature that was Mm. in there. And so I could, for each group, a class, I could put in what they were working on. And so if students missed it, or even if they were at home, they could look at what was happening in the calendar. They could then go to that specific folder because basically every day had its own folder. Um, And they would either look at any of the review materials, watch the videos, look at the books that maybe I would find like a YouTube video of the mentor text online or whatever, um, anchor charts that might be posted in there, and then they would complete the assignment on their own. And then if they didn't get a great grade, I mean, I would pull them and we would work on it together and I would review some of that those materials during like that ketchup and pickle type time. So um Yeah. I mean, I didn't do much. I really was lucky in the fact that I had everything online because it just kind of did it for me. Yeah. And that is a huge advantage of being digital. You know, I know everyone kind of embraces it to different extents, but that's definitely, it makes it much, much easier to manage. So that makes sense. All right. Jumping into this episode, we want to start by defining a system, which we covered this in episode 193. So if you have not gone back and listened to that episode, Highly recommend it. But Mm -hmm. just as a refresher, we are defining systems as the routines, templates, and step-by-step processes for helping to make daily tasks as efficient as possible. Remember, systems turn an input into an output, just like a factory turns lumber into a chair. And we are combining procedures with an organization component in order to increase efficiency. So in this episode, we want to take a closer look at those systems that your students might be using. Now, obviously, there are so many systems that you will have in your classroom, but we want to address the top, see what I did there, (laughs) three major systems that consume the largest portion of your time as a teacher. And we're going to kick it off with number one, which is assignments. (laughs) No matter what grade you teach, your students have assignments. Now, Going back to the TSH, they might be physical assignments like paper, pencil. They might be digital assignments. So ultimately, the system you establish around student assignments needs to account for how students are getting the assignment, like how are they accessing it, Mm -hmm. how are they submitting or turning in the assignment, and then how are they storing or keeping track of any unfinished components of the assignment as they work. Now, depending on the grade level you teach or the routines in your classroom, this will look a little bit different for everyone. So we want to share some basic ideas that can help propel you in creating (laughs) these efficient uh, systems inside of your room. 
So let's start with getting the assignment and what that part of the system could look like. You might be passing physical papers out either yourself or having a student pass them out for you. You might have a bin in your classroom where you place the papers and students get the assignment themselves. Maybe they have to complete something else first and then they go up and grab their assignment. You might use those like magnetic pockets on a dry erase board or anywhere else where you have a magnetic surface in your room. They might be color-coded or labeled if different students need to get access to different assignments, or you might have a Google Classroom or another LMS like Bridget mentioned Schoology that is organized by either subject or unit or month or week where you are posting the digital assignment. So now what about how are they going to submit and turn in those assignments? You have to consider that component as well. And so you might have a turn in bin that's located in a single spot that you never, ever move, even though students will always come back and ask you, where do I put this? (laughs) Drives me nuts every time. Drives me nuts. But if you have more than one class, you will have to maybe even consider separating those turn in bins for your separate classes. You might also have your students highlight their name on their papers to ensure that they're located on every single assignment that they're (laughs) submitting. You might also teach your students to number their papers. And depending on the grade level, you might also have students place them in order as they're submitting those assignments to you. And I've seen a few different tools that can help with that. Listen, I wanted to try one of them. The big long one. Yeah, where it has like a almost a slot, but they're like uh, flaps. Yeah, Yeah. flaps. Oh, I wanted to get that so bad. (laughs) And then I and then I stopped teaching. So (laughs) yeah. And then I've also seen, I think there's like hanging ones that have like a pocket for each one. To me, those always just seem like more effort than what they're worth. So I always had the students write their number. And then I had a student who would collect the papers and put them in order for me just based Mm -hmm. on, and they started to memorize the roster. Like they knew the order. They all know know their numbers. Oh yeah. They don't hide that. (laughs) So then the last component would be managing that unfinished work because there's always going to be work. (laughs) So here are a few ideas. Maybe if you do have a turn in bin, you're going to have students turn in every assignment to the turn in bin, whether it's done or not. And then maybe you go through and pull out the ones that aren't done and you like hold on to it for a later time. You might have a separate turn in bin for unfinished work and it might be like right next to the turn in bin, or it could be in another spot in the classroom. You might have students place their unfinished work in a folder or a binder to pull out later. I'll be honest, I think that's a little risky depending Mm -hmm. on the student. I'm just saying. You might also have students keep a checklist of assignments. So maybe it's like, hey, by the end of the week, here is what you owe me. And they like keep track of things as they do it. And maybe there's more flexibility in terms of the order that they're completing it or what days and times that they're actually getting it done. But... Regardless, you just have to find what works for you. There is not one right way. Every classroom is different. Every teacher is different. And every group of students is different. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Bridget is going to kick us off with the second student system. This month is all about systems. And one of the biggest systems teachers have to master is planning. Oh, absolutely. Between lesson planning and organizing those monthly routines, it can be a lot to manage. That makes me think of Michael Scott's book, Somehow I Manage. But anyway, we developed our digital teacher planners to make that system much easier for you. 
Yes, we did, guys. And our digital planners have tons of templates ready to go so the organization is done for you. Plus, don't we have a freebie to help with that monthly routine, Michelle? You know we love a good freebie. So yes, we have a monthly review planner insert that you can use with any digital planner. And it's completely free over on teachingonthedouble.com. When you get there, just scroll down a little and you'll see it right there on the homepage. You can have it sent to your email right away. Go grab that freebie. And now back to the episode. All right, we are back from our break. And in this system for students, we're going to talk about material management. Oh, one of my favorite topics. And we've all know that we've had those students who have just like a hot mess everywhere that they go. It's like it just follows them in a little trail. They have it in their backpacks. They have a hot mess in their desks, in their folders. And let's just be honest, even in their jacket pockets. Did you ever have a student leave like a milk or something from like a a breakfast in their desk? And you're like, no, honey, you can't can't keep it. Bananas. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this stinks. There's something smelly. (laughs) Well, we all know where it's at. (laughs) Just a hot mess. Bless their hearts. Um, So teaching students how to manage their materials, whether it is to reference or even just to maintain that unfinished work that we were talking about a minute ago, or have notebooks as like a portfolio of their work is just really, really time consuming. But an important piece, it, but it is an important piece in our teaching. Holy moly, words are hard this morning. I've only had one cup of coffee, people. <laughs> we always blame it on our lack of coffee. It is so hard this morning. <laughs> now, again, this is going to look different depending on the grade level you teach and the amount of supplies you have. Because if you are more digital, you may not have that many like physical supplies mm-hmm. or materials that you have to organize. But we are going to share some ideas for how you might want to develop the system for your students, including their lockers, their desk, and potentially community supplies that maybe they're sharing as like a group. This was probably one of my favorite areas to be able to organize for my students. I love helping them learn to maintain their materials. It was my favorite part. Um, So we're going to start with some ideas for lockers and or cubbies, if you have them, whatever you want to call them. So depending on the space you will have, you want to establish strict procedures for putting away those materials. And this means zipping up their bags, putting their take-home folders in their backpacks and not just shoving it in their lockers (laughs) at the end of the day. And so you might also want to have containers that are going to help students maintain that space. Um, So whether it's little baskets for them to put in, maybe you have trays inside of their cubbies that they place it on top of. You have to find the system that works best for you. And then you can also have a set day each month or maybe even twice a month, just depending on how messy your kids are, where students will just follow a series of steps for clearing, sanitizing, and organizing their space all over again. And if you choose this, which I highly recommend that you do, make sure that you schedule this into your calendar so that you don't forget it. I just got some major flashbacks to when everything first shut down for COVID. And there was like this scramble of students all need to like clear out their lockers and take all of their stuff home. Did you... So, you know, what's really interesting is that we, I remember kids taking things home, but we, 
one, we didn't have a ton of stuff because everything is online. We did True. everything in Schoology. Um, but we also had parent-teacher conferences oh, that afternoon. Gosh. It was a half day for us. And so we were supposed to stay until 7 o'clock at night for parent-teacher conferences. And I just remember them sending an email saying, parent-teacher conferences are canceled. And I looked and I was like, <gasps> yes, I was so excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, I remember it was on a Thursday that our governor did a press conference announcing that schools would be closed yeah. the following like two weeks. And I remember we were all standing in my team teacher's room, like watching it on the projector. And then we had school the next day, that Friday. And we knew that that was going to be our last day for two weeks. And we were instructed to have students clear out their lockers and take everything home with them. Yeah. And that's when you're like, oh, bless. Like they opened some of their lockers and we're like, you're, you're going to need another bag. It's not going to fit. Anyway. Yeah. So the second area would be student desks. And here are a few ideas you could try. You might have directions for which materials you want students to keep on which side of the desk. So for example, all of your folders go on the left. All of your notebooks go on the right. You might also have a picture posted somewhere in your classroom with an example of what a clean desk looks like. So it's almost that idea of like paint it done. I think that comes from Brene Brown, but it's giving them an example of like, here's what it should look like. If your students switch classes, they might only be using the desk when they're in your classroom. So they may not be storing materials in there. And you might have reminders on the wall or like a slide that you display to remind students to take all of their materials with them. And then you might have like a lost and found because they're constantly leaving behind all of their stuff. Speaking from experience, you might use like a desk fairy as a way to motivate students to keep their desk orderly. This works really well for like primary grades. I love desk fairies. I loved the <laughs> desk fairy when I taught second grade. Basically, you would tell your students the desk fairy is going to randomly come around and check your desk. And then mm -hmm. if their desk is clean, the desk fairy leaves them like any kind of a little treat. And I'd usually sprinkle like glitter and stuff around their desk. And finally, less fun, but you might do those like monthly or quarterly desk cleanouts as well as like the locker cleanout. You can even do it all on the same day. Yeah. Okay. So last but certainly not least are going to be community supplies. And so you might want to assign this as a class job each day just to ensure, excuse me, I'm going to cough. Okay. <coughs> I'm back. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to like edit it and instead of a cough, I'm going to like cut out your cough and I'm going to put in like a dog barking sound or something. Wow, that's <laughs> messed up. No, I probably won't because that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, so you might want to have this as a class job just to ensure that all of your supplies are located where they're meant to be. And I recommend having specific numbers of supplies in each area. I know that seems like a little OTT, but just bear with me, okay? So you might have in this like community supply station, there might be five pencils and five erasers and five glue sticks. Now I wouldn't go so hardcore where I'm like, there needs to be one red and two blues, like that's too much. But what this does is it will help give your students like something to specifically look for when they're going through and cleaning things out. Because we all know that they're like, everything looks good. And you're like, there's no pencils. There's literally <laughs> no pencils, guys. Um, now, the other thing that I would recommend is having set times of the year in which you just replenish your supplies. So I would typically replenish my supplies in October and January and then in March. And this made sure that I just, one, wasn't spending too much money, but then it was also holding students 
students accountable, right? And you can also have a system for your students to replenish these supplies for you. So I would give this to like one to two responsible students in my class where they knew where to access all my materials and they would just take ownership of just replenishing them during those specific times of the year. And then finally, have a clean out for those days for replenishing these supplies in your class. And just as mentioned earlier, have these scheduled in your calendar so that you do not forget it. I would just like to say I had a karma moment because you said OTT. And first and you were of all, like, how did you not know Tia? <laughs> well, no, I had a moment in my head where I was like, OTT, what does that stand for? Is it over the top? Is over the top. Stands? Okay. See, I'm kind of hip. I don't know if I had heard that. And so I had that moment where I was like, oh, what does that stand for? <laughs> See, I'm kind of hip. <clears throat> now you there know you what go. it feels like to be old, Michelle. Yeah. No, Since you're me. almost close to 30. Stop it. Stop it right now. I said it. (laughs) Uh, It's the worst. Moving on. So the last area we want to hit on is absent work. I know we touched on this with the TSH, so we'll kind of breeze through this pretty quickly, but it'll be a good refresher to kind of bring it full circle. Again, regardless of what you teach, you will have absent students throughout the year, and that can suck away a lot of your time if you aren't prepared with a system. Now, the amount of control you take over absent work is going to depend a lot on the grade level you teach, whether the assignments are mostly physical or digital, and the other routines you have established in your classroom. All that matters, this is the overarching theme of this episode, Mm -hmm. is that you are intentionally building a system that works for you and your students. So for this one, Bridget and I are going to do a little refresher and explain what our system was in the classroom for absent work. Yeah. So just as a reminder, I'm going to be very, very honest. Like my voice keeps going in and out, guys. Like it's almost fall. Like we're getting the weather changes. It's inevitable. Okay. So I'm going to be totally honest. I did not put a lot of time and effort into absent work. And I put a lot of that responsibility onto my students because I was a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade teacher. And so I wanted them to be independent. And so we had a Schoology account and I basically developed my lessons and I made sure that I was placing all of my materials that I needed for my students who were either missing. But what was really nice is that I just kept it every single year and I had it, which was great. And then I didn't have to think about it. Um, And so this system really overlaps with me kind of developing my lesson plans in Schoology because once they were developed in Schoology, it also benefited my students who were absent. So I used the Schoology calendar to track our, our lessons every single day. So I would just quickly type in what lesson we were focusing on. And then students were responsible to refer back to that date that they were absent to. From there, they would go to that lesson and look over all of the materials that were in it, were inside of it, and then complete the missed assignments that they needed to complete. And then on Fridays, I think very similar to Michelle, um, I would have like a list of assignments that needed that I needed from students to complete, and this would ensure that we just would have all of the assignments done for the week. Yeah. Now, pre-pandemic. We didn't have that many digital assignments. It was mostly physical. Like I had a Google Classroom, but I used it for like a weekly check for understanding that they did as a Google Mm -hmm. form. And that was about it. So when we had mostly physical assignments, again, I would pass out the papers to every student or have a student pass it out for me. It would go on their desk, even if they were absent. Whoever was sitting near that student would write their name on it and they would put it in that unfinished work bin It was right behind my desk, very easy to see. It was labeled, all of that. 
Now, something that I didn't mention earlier that I want to touch on, sometimes a sibling of that absent student would stop by my room like at the end of the day of, hey, you know, Ginger, I don't know why Ginger was the name that just popped in my head. Did you watch the show Ginger growing up? No. No. Okay. Mm -mm. Anyway, someone out there knows what I'm talking about. If not, Google it. It was like an animated show moving on. They'd be like, hey, Ginger was absent today. Can I have her work? And in that case, I would typically grab the assignments. If I had time, I would like jot down a little note on like a sticky and put it on there for the student. If not, I typically would send like a follow-up email to the family to explain like what I needed them to do. Otherwise, I would meet with that student once they returned to go over the assignments and or sometimes I'd have another student explain it to them if it was something very simple. Oftentimes this happened during like arrival or like right at the start of class while the rest of students were doing like a warm up or as I mentioned during like ketchup and pickles. And just to touch on that last piece that Bridget mentioned about having like the list of assignments every Friday, I would send an email to families and it had like a weekly overview of what we covered that week. And within that email, I always listed out here are the graded assignments from this week. And so that helped to keep the communication open between the classroom and home, whether the student was absent or not. It allowed the families to know like, hey, you know, did you get this assignment done? So that was just kind of the last piece I wanted to add in there. Yeah. So guys, those are going to be those three must have like top three systems for your students to build inside of your classrooms this upcoming year. Um, That's going to be assignments, material management, and then absent work. Oh, Michelle's going to take us home, lady. Do it. (laughs) I feel like typically it ends up where Bridget does the final like outro. Everybody's so tired of listening to (laughs) you. But you do it so well. (laughs) Yeah, right. All right. I'm going to try to live up to expectations. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our website, teachingonthedouble.com, because there's plenty more where that came from. Plus, we have lots of freebies for you to download, and you can also click up at the top where it says TSH and submit your own time-sucking hurdle for the chance to be featured in a future episode. I really do not appreciate how Bridget is like laughing at me right now. You can't see her, but she was like hiding her face. You know how characters on shows- I am not laughing. I'm trying not to cough, Michelle. Uh Uh-huh. That's Yeah, that's what that was. Your cough looks an awful lot like a laugh. Anyway, see, see, y'all heard her. (laughs) We would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast. It doesn't cost anything. It's just like following someone on Instagram. So if you subscribe to the podcast, you can set it to automatically download our new episodes every Thursday when they are released. That way you can stay up to date. If you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave us a review. It really helps our podcast be able to get into the ears of so many more teachers. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.